Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. So I'm going to read a portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 14, 29 through 31. When you have it, say amen. Amen. It says, and he said, Jesus was, I want you to get, Jesus was walking on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Amen. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. The Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now, God. God, that you anoint my lips, God, that you speak through me, God. God, that you give us words, God, that encourage us and lift us up, God. God, that we can leave out of here being inspired, knowing that everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be good. God, that you speak to us and touch our life, God. God, because we might come in here heavy heavy laden and burdened down, God. We might have a heavy yoke upon us, God. God, and we want to give it to you, God, and we want to walk outside, God, and know that you've taken that burden, know that you've taken that pain and that suffering out of our life, knowing that we can walk a new life, that we can have a fresh touch from you, a different experience from you, God. God, knowing that all all things are possible with you, God, that when we give it to you, God, God, that you take it, God, you don't put it back in our face, you don't give it back to us, but you give us peace and joy and comfort in the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, amen. Everyone can be seated. And to give it a title, don't let your eyes deceive you. You see, I might have been standing in that kitchen and I started crying, thinking that I failed. And my wife came to me and she's, You did not fail. Don't think that for a minute. And multiple people, Brother Snell and different ministers, said, You did not fail. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. But from the fleshly perspective, from the fleshly perspective, we're thinking, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Where are we going to move? And I, I tell you what, we, 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 I, I called everywhere. For jobs, I... I, I, I called Florida, I called Alabama, I called Mississippi, I called Louisiana, I called Missouri, and the only place that seemed like it was really going was Missouri around Ferguson, or Farmington, I'm sorry, and can we come look at the house? You can come look at the house. Okay. Wouldn't be too long, she'd get a call said, the house done rented out. Well, what do you mean? She even asked her, is there anyone before us? Nope. All right, so we can come. Yeah, every, everything's, everything's perfect. All right, we'll be there Saturday to look at this house. 
the price wasn't bad. And uh, yeah, not too long, it just, everything kept on shutting. And then Sister Sianda got a hold of my wife and said, we found a house in Campbell Hill. And she said, when I seen that house, I thought of you guys. And so we got in contact with them, and we went back and forth, and we're talking. And uh, they checked our credit, they, all this stuff, and uh, they were calling us. I kind of left it alone because they said after about 30 days, we want to walk through that house because we've had some messy people with animals. And they weren't even let us bring our, our animals. And uh, they said, we'll, we'll let it happen. But we want to come in 30 days, and we want to walk through your house and make sure it's not destroyed and check it out. And I was like, I don't know if I want people just walking through my house. I don't know if I like that at all. So we left it alone. And they kept calling me saying, hey, hey, uh, uh, so-and-so has been trying to get a hold of you. We want you to rent this house. We want you to, to, to come and, and rent this house. And, and for some reason, I, maybe the connection, because we're apostolic, even though it's the Lutheran parsonage, and they rent the house out. But for some reason, Brother, Brother Blake had such an impact on these members of this church of the board, and they said, they said, man, that brother really had it together. Man, he was just a good guy. I mean, man, we really liked that guy. And this was back, I guess, he went to Africa at some time. This was back like then, but he left such an impact on their life. Oh, he really had his stuff together. And uh, maybe that was it. He left such an impact. So I hope we can, we can uh, show that same kind of uh, integrity that Brother Blake left, it might be a struggle. Everybody like Brother Blake. Amen. But you know, sometimes how things look to our eye is not what they are. You know, I want you to think about something is we need to get to a point in our life where we push forward, where we persevere, where we keep on going. Just like you preached when you talking about the lady with the, the crumbs, and he even called her a dog. I guess he even ripped her down, basically. Most people would have got up and said, well, I don't want to have a conversation with you. I'm leaving. See you later. But she had a determination that she, no, she, she was going to get a hold of Jesus. She was going to talk to him, and she was going to keep on pushing forward and do what she had to do. But how many of you in this church have gone through things in your life. And it seemed like the outcome was going to be bad. It seemed like the outcome wasn't going to be good. That's where we were at when we were in Sturgis at the end. I was standing there in the house, and I'm wondering to myself, what are we going to do? Did I fail? Did I not fail? God, you have opened up doors. You have opened up ways. God, you have brought people in our life. You have directed us. You have done so much, God. And men of God have, have called and, and spoke to me and spoke life into me saying, you didn't fail. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And so we pack everything up. And we move back to Illinois, which we said we were moving back to Egypt. <laughs> Definitely the gas prices are higher, I'll tell you that. When I filled up and it cost me like 80-something dollars, I was like, maybe we need to go back to Kentucky. <laughs> but I want you to think about something. Peter went out on that water. He took steps on that water. He actually walked on that water. And he allowed the outward to influence him to such a point 
When our life with God, when we are walking in faith and believing in God and believing that all things are possible with God, that he can, can, he, he can light our footsteps, he's going to guide us in the way that we're supposed to go. But then when we look at the outward and see what things are happening in our life, and that's what happened, he started seeking. He's seen the miracles of Jesus. He's seen what Jesus can do. He's seen all this stuff that Jesus can do. But yet, while Jesus was right there in front of him, his sights were right there on Jesus. He allowed the waves to dictate his response instead of kept on walking saying, you know what? These waves might be getting high. That wind's kind of blowing. I don't know. This might feel like a tornado, God. I don't know what to do. And God's saying, but I'm right here. I'm the one that can calm the storm. I'm the one that can shut it down. You just keep walking to me. The problem is we have taken our eyes off Christ and allowed the influence of the world to dictate to us what we were going to do. Just because it looks bad does not mean it's going to be bad. God might just be preparing you for something bigger in your life. We love surges, but God's got something bigger. If we would keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and allow him to direct our steps, allow him to direct our path, we'd be amazed what would take place in our life. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if you guys were there and you've seen the miracles Jesus did. You've seen everything he did. There was the dead raised, the dumb talk, the blind see, the deaf hear. You see everything. And Jesus is telling them all these things you can do. And greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. Greater work shall you do. I think we have to rethink everything that we've been doing. Sometimes I think we need to go back into the beginning of the Bible and just start reading again or start a prayer life fresh again and start doing the old word. The, 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 the. You see, sometimes I think that in church we get so comfortable because we've been in church for so long. I think sometimes we get comfortable. We got the padded pews and we can, we, we can sit there and be comfortable and the music is going and the people are singing and we got phenomenal singers and we got great preachers in this church and we, we are a blessed church and we get so comfortable because you can go into other, other churches and it's the frozen chosen or it's us four and no more, but you can come in here and they want to see the church grow and they're persuaded to keep on pushing forward, to keep moving forward. It might look bad, COVID and the, the government's trying to mandate this and that and people are fighting with masks and no masks but if we keep our eyes on God because he is directing our path directing our steps that he is in control of us that when we put him first in our life we'll be amazed where we're going to go with God but we have to keep our eye off the storm you know what's amazing is an eagle sees a storm and gets excited an eagle will fly and go above the storm and use that storm to raise him higher why don't you allow that storm in your life to push you forward to that altar to push you forward to prayer to push you forward to bible reading allow that storm in your life to say hey I'm not moving I'm not wavering I'm not cowering down I'm not going in a corner but I'm going to keep on going you see, there's some things in life that are worth fighting for. There are some things in life worth fighting for. My family is worth fighting for. My kids are worth fighting for. My God is worth fighting for. 
Everything that God has given me is worth fighting for. Because when you think about where God has brought you from, when you think about when you were in that miry clay, when you think about when you were drowning in quicksand and it seemed like nobody wanted to help you, but you cried out to God and he stretched forth his hand and reached and pulled you out that miry clay, there's some things worth fighting for and some things not worth giving up. But you got to keep your hand and eyes on Jesus Christ and say, where you go, I will fight follow because you are my savior and my God everyone in here has a testimony everyone in here has been through some battles everyone in here has been in the valley and everyone in here has been on the housetop everyone in here has been in the church and felt the power of God so powerful that you couldn't move but then there's them times in your life that you're caught up with the things of the world and you sit down on a pew and everyone else is getting excited but you don't feel the power of God at that point in your life you need to stand up and keep on getting your breakthrough you need to stand up and keep on worshiping you need to get a hold of the the horns of the altar and you don't let them go until you get your breakthrough you need to become a Jacob and says not until you bless me you know I've been in different battles at different times I tell people I was like you know it's just a different battle when I grew up in the streets and I'd watch a bunch of shaved head mouse and they were going to divvy up the drugs and my mom knew who was going to get shot, who the drive-by was going to take place and I would sit there and watch people put cocaine in cigarettes. I'd watch them snort it up. I'd watch them put it in their arm. and It's like a little circle, a little, if you want to call it a family circle, that no matter what apartment you went into, someone was doing drugs, and everybody knew who everybody was. And I've watched that. I tell people, you know, I was standing there because I started messing with Mexican gangs growing up as a kid, and, and I always wore all red, and we was always ready to fight, always ready to die for the cause because it was a brotherhood. You have a broken family. They're coming after you, and they're going to try to bring you in. They're going to make you part of the family, but the minute you get hurt, they want nothing to do with you because now you can't be a soldier. Now you can't fight, but we spend so much time when we're in the world doing everything for the devil, everything to satisfy this flesh, everything to fill that gap. But then when we come to Jesus Christ, there's something different that God. <clears throat> we have to get a mentality to keep on pushing forward. We have to get a mentality that we're going to keep on going. Though the walls may build up in front of us, though the devil might be whispering in our ear. I'm not going to tell you. He, the devil wasn't in my He was in my ear and he's telling me, oh, you failed. Oh, what are you going to You're going to go back to that that Sparta church and they're going to look at you and think that you failed. They're going to look at you and they, oh, you left and come back that her. Oh, two and a half. You must have not had the good stuff. You Something must have happened in your life. That devil's in your ear. Everyone here at one time in their life that devil's in your ear oh that family you don't need to be with that family oh that that wife right there oh she's doing all oh, that husband right there you just need to leave and be alone you see the devil wants us to ourselves. you know the devil don't come if you he, he don't care if you come to church and sit down at church he don't care if you sit right there on the front pew but don't dare start singing a song don't dare start raising your hands. Don't dare start going to that altar. Don't dare start praying. You see, see, we all go through stuff in our life. But are you going to push forward? Are you going to keep on fighting the fight of faith? 
Are you still going to strive to get past that finish line? What, what, what do you plan on doing? What do you plan on doing? Sister Lipe, your husband was a man of God. I loved him dearly, and he got his reward. But the devil was waiting for you to just sit at home and say, you know what? My rock is gone. My husband's gone. I'm just going to sit at home. And the devil's probably standing back. He was probably laughing. And then you walked into church, and he said, oh, I have someone that has a different mindset and perspective than everyone else. She's got a relationship with God. I can't break it. I can't shake her. We need to get to the point that we are standing on the Christ rock, Jesus, and we ain't going to move for nobody we ain't going to move for nobody the winds might raise the winds might blow might seem like a tornado's coming and if it starts getting bad enough maybe you need to get on your knees and start praying and seek the face of God because he's the only one that can calm that storm he's the only one that can take care of it in your life you know when we were living in Baldwin there was a, a storm there was a storm coming and Sister Warren said, she said, we need to get down and pray. I said, we don't need to get down and pray. It's just a bad storm. You don't hear that train sound? No, that's a tornado. We need to get that. Ain't That's just bad winds. Calm down. Then she kind of got irate with me. (laughs) So I thought I might might have to just uh, submit. Because there was kids in the house. And when that mama voice comes out, well, maybe I should go get the kids. And then as I went, I went to go get Matt. And I looked out the window, and he even seen it too. There was a tree that flew past our house. So I hurried up and grabbed the kids as my wife instructed me. And we went into the bedroom, and we got down. And she's like, let's get down and pray. So we got down, and we started praying. And I still got up a doubter saying it was just a bad storm. It was just a bad storm. It wasn't no tornado. Come on. Well, let me tell you something. We walk, I walked past the back of the house, and I looked out the sliding glass door, and I was looking out there, and the guy, there was two trailers that, this driveway, the guy had a trailer, a, tra- a trailer that the guy rented out, and the, the owner's son lived in one of them. And when I looked out there, I didn't... Uh, I didn't see the trailers no more fully intact. The whole top was gone. It was flipped sideways. The one guy was in there. And then I looked and I said, you know, maybe this was a tornado. <laughs> maybe it was a tornado. But, you know, there was another guy that was out there, older guy, and he was doing something. He was, I think, 80-something years old. He was out there working. And that wind came, and it blew him back against his garage. And they said, you know what we've seen? Well, what'd you see? We've seen that tornado coming straight from your house. And this must have been the time we started praying. We've seen that tornado jump your house and come down on the other side and kept on going and just destroying everything else. And the only thing it did... It took the storm window from this side, just one, brought it over to the back of our house, dropped it on the concrete, took my barbecue lid but left the barbecue, and took the lid, and we never found it since. And you can see in the yard where it like touched down, it touched down, it touched down, jumped our house and kept on going. 
When you see something like that, you realize there's power in prayer. You realize no matter what you're going through in your life, everything's going to be all right. That when we put it in God and we leave it in his hands, that we ain't got to worry about it because everything's in his hands. We have to remember he's the God that stood there and said, peace be still, and that storm stopped. We got to understand that even in our life, a storm might be raging up in our life, and things might be getting chaotic, and we don't know what to do, and we don't know which direction to go. But we don't need to lean to our own understanding. We need to lean to God's understanding and trust him. Because when we trust him and we lean to his understanding, we put our thought process out of it, and our thought process should just be, let's pray. Let's seek the face of God. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 9, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But this is the part I want you to hear. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The, the exceedingly of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. When I read that, what I see is we're going to go through some things, but it's not going to destroy you. It's, it's an, have you ever thought about that for a minute? You're gonna, God, Jesus, Jesus Christ never said, oh, Sister Rice, you're, you're never going to go through anything. Everything's going to be roses and beautiful. I mean, it's going to smell like chocolate and whipped cream. I mean, it's just going to be so beautiful. Everywhere you walk, it's just going to be phenomenal. You're going to be so blessed. You're all, I mean, just awesome. And then a trial happens in your life. And then a trial happens in your life. And then you sit there and you contemplate, God, are you real? God, did you allow this to happen? God, why did this take place in my life? God, are you even there? God, can you hear me? God, why does it seem like my prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back down? God, are you there? And God says, yes, I'm still here, but I just want you to stand and wait. You see, when Moses had the children of Israel and they're walking up to that water, they were murmuring, they were complaining. They were the most ungrateful, unthankful people I think I've ever, ever read of in my entire life. They complained the whole way. Oh, this is what you give us to eat? Why can't we have this? Their clothes never gave, wore down their shoes, their sand shoes. They didn't have Nikes or feel. They, they had sandals. Their clothes never gave. God always took care of them. And they murmured. And they complained. And they murmured and they complained. And then when they get to that water, they're sitting there looking like we would have been better off slaves back with Pharaoh. You, you, you brought us to our death. Pharaoh's coming, but we're standing at this water. But when you hear from God like Moses heard from God, Moses had his complaints. Moses, I, I can't talk real good. I, I have a stuttering problem. I mean, God, you really expect me to do this? Well, what about Aaron? What about? God's like, I'm talking to you. You see, I want you to think about something. You might be going through something. You might be going through trials. You might be going through tribulations. You might have gone through something, might have lost somebody. I, 
I, I really don't know. You, you, you might have a hang-up with pornography or you might have a hang-up with nicotine or alcohol. Put a needle in your arm. I, I really don't know. But God can still bring you out of that and use you. God can still use you. You see, I look at myself, I look at my life, I look at where God has brought me from. I, I look like how I was messed up in the streets and I was sitting there just drinking the alcohol until I would pass out and I would lay there until I'd pass out. Smoked weed every single day if it was there. Matter of fact, my brother would take, take two things of papers, put it together just so we'd have a bigger joint to smoke in the mall parking lot in California. And I thought I was living the life. Had a broken home in foster care and juvenile hall. Man, I thought I was living the life. I was fulfilling my dreams, so to speak. And then I came to church, and I realized that God had different plans. You see, the whole thing is, while we're living in the world, we live 100% for the devil. The devil wants us to do something. It's like, yes, sir, and we go do it, and we take care of it. And then when we get in church, when we get in church, we should give 110% to God. We should give 100% to God. Amen? In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen? Amen. And I'm not that far from being done, but... You know, we come to church. How many of you have come to church and you were downtrodden? How many of you have come to church and you've been down and out? But you still come to church. You still put a smile on. I've done it plenty of times. I've come to church and I'm mad and I'm frustrated. I don't know, me and the, maybe me and the wife are fighting all the way to church just bickering. The kids are acting crazy and we're telling them to be quiet and nobody's listening and we're just at each other's throats. But when we come and walk into the church, we've got a smile on our face and we'll praise Jesus. Everyone laughs because they know what I'm talking about. You might have a 10-minute ride to church, but you are ready to beat each other up all the way to church. Ready to be like, are you kidding me? On a Sunday, we're on our way to church. You're going to fight with me? I'm not saying, we, I'm not saying we've, we've done that. <laughs> but you know what? We come to church because we need something from God. We come to church because we need a touch. We come to church because we need set free. We need to deliver. We come to church because we've been out in, our, in the world and maybe at our work they're listening to, to, to worldly music and, and they're cussing and, and they're outside and they're talking about going out and getting drunk and they're doing all this and we're in that every single day. And I know so many people that have been in the, in the coal mine, brother. In the coal mine, there'd be people down there cuss like a cellar, get behind the pulpit and start preaching from the pulpit. You know, but when God changes your life, you need to get a mindset that you are going to give him everything. You know, when I was in the coal mine, I, I didn't get into the cussing. I didn't put the chew in my mouth. I still live the same way I lived up here. Because you live in a glass house, when, especially when you're a minister of the gospel. People are watching you. 
And the most amazing thing happened to me years down the road. I was, I was in Hucks in Sturgis, Kentucky, and I was walking, and the little kid come walking and told you guys, that's the preacher right there. That's the preacher. And these two guys were looking at me. And the guy starts talking to me, and he says, you know, you look familiar. I said, I do. I said, well, you kind of look familiar too, but I, I'm really not sure. He said, have you ever worked in the coal mine? Well, yeah. I said, I worked in Galatia. And I said, I worked at Prairie State. You worked at Prairie State. I said, that's where I remember you. For a matter of fact, you might not remember me. I, my locker was just a couple, couple lockers from you. And he said, I wasn't in church or nothing. And he said, I was all kind of crazy and wanting to go to parties and being wild. And, and, and he goes, one thing I recognized, I realized about you, he said, that has stuck with me this whole time was you never wavered once on your belief in God. You, 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 you never went in there and started cussing when we would work together in different times and different units in the coal mine. He said, you stayed the same when they wanted you to cuss. He said, you would not cuss. When they wanted you to go out drinking, you would not drink. When they'd offer you some chew, you wouldn't take it. You would not do the things that they were doing in the coal mine. And I just want to tell you, it had such an impact in my life because you stayed the same course, whether you were outside the mine or inside the mine. You didn't cave in to all the pressure that was coming in, but you still live for God. Can I tell you right now, that meant the world to me because I'm standing there. Now, what if I would have messed up? What if I would have put some chew in my mouth? What if I would have been cussing with them? No one else would have known it would have been in the coal mine. But right now, God wants to know, do I have some dedicated people that even though they're going through a storm, even though they're going through the mountaintop or the valley, that they're still going to live for me? That they're still going to push forward? that they're still going to keep on going. The, the, we have to get the mindset that though they slay me, yet will I serve the Lord. Though they don't follow, yet will I serve the Lord. Though I may, I may be the only one in the world that's still living for God, yet I'm going to still serve the Lord. No, Noah looked like a fool to them while he was building it because they never seen no rain. But when you hear from the voice of God and God is speaking to you and God is telling you and God tells you he has you, God tells you he's with you, that he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you, that he's there with you, but he's not just with you, that he's dwelling inside you. When you got the power of God dwelling inside you and it seems like the devil is coming in like a flood, it seems like that lion needs to creep up inside you. You see, everybody goes through something in here. It might not be what I went through, and it might not be what you went through, or it might not be what you went through, Johnny. Or everybody goes through something in life. But if you can get a hold of what you went through in your life, and you can remember what God brought you from, you can remember how far away you were from God. And you can use that to fuel you to keep on moving forward for God. You can use that and say, you know what? I don't want that kind of lifestyle. I don't want to live that kind of lifestyle. Come on, we were living in a car, living in the street, living at Salvation Army while my mom was sticking needle in her arm. And I told myself, I will never live that kind of lifestyle. I'm never going to do it. I'm not going to live in poverty in that job. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to take care of my family. I don't want a broken home. Why? Because when God changes your life and gives you the power to push forward you're going to push forward 
we might fall but we have to get back up we might struggle but that's okay keep on pushing forward we might have tears coming down because we're going through something but you got to keep on pushing forward because God has your back you are have the protection of God God's got you God's gonna keep you God's not gonna let you go amen if anyone in here just needs a little strength and I've said it before that altar's for church folk and people that just come to visit for the first time Jay, you might have been in church for 40 years that does not exclude you from the altar to getting a hold of God because we all go through stuff we all go through stuff but God's asking you do you need strength God's asking you, are you struggling? God's asking you, do you have anger problems? Do you have anger issues? You got marital problems? Do you have some kind of hang-up? Are you involved in pornography? Do you have a problem? You can't get a hold of you. You won't go to prayer. You won't read your Bible. Ask God to give you a love for him that surpasses all understanding. Ask God to touch your life in a way to increase your faith that when trouble comes, I've seen so many people, I've seen so many people that come to God and they jump right in there and you think, well, praise God. And I've seen people go up there and get the Holy Ghost and, oh man, they're just so excited. They're on cloud nine. A couple services go by, they don't feel the Holy Ghost. And I've watched them walk out that door and leave in disappointment because they got filled with the Holy Ghost here, but this week here, they didn't feel nothing, and they thought that God abandoned them, and God left them. Don't allow your eyes to deceive you. You might come in. I, it happened to me. You might come into church. You might sit down. You might not feel anything, but everyone else is dancing and shouting and running aisles, and you might sit in there thinking, what is going on, God? What did I do wrong? God's saying, just stand. Just hold on. I got this. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.